The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Central City Citizen, the unofficial The Flash podcast, a poppychuloradio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, November 27th, 2019. I am your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the CW series, The Flash. Please welcome my co-hosts, Millie Wood. Hello, Central City. And Jeffrey Aruz. Gobble, gobble, Central City. Apparently someone got gobbled up in this episode. <laughs> Appropriate. Let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 7, which was titled The Last Temptation of Barry Allen, Part 1, and aired on November 26, 2019. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Despite Ralph's best efforts, Rosso drains his blood. Frost gets gets, uh, Ralph back to Star Labs, where Barry gives him a blood transfusion so his speed healing can help save Ralph's life. However, a small trace of Rosso's blood enters Barry's bloodstream, causing him to pass out. The Speed Force, in the form of his mother Nora, tells Barry that Rosso's blood contains his consciousness and is slowly infecting him as well as granting him access to Barry's mind, including knowledge of his secret identity and impending death. Using his memories against him, Rosso tries to convince Barry to join him, promising him the power to avoid not only his death but countless others as well. Speed Force tries to argue Barry out of it but accidentally provokes him when he realizes he was its pawn and he will never get what he wants while serving the Speed Force. Rosso and the Speed Force face off, battling for Barry's mind. Sisko and Frost eventually revive Barry, but when Iris comes to check on him, she quickly realizes it's not him. Fully infected, Barry attacks his friends and reports to Rosso, who is ready to enact his masterstroke as blood work. Elsewhere, Iris, Camilla, and Allegra investigate the organization that turned Esperanza into a killer. They learn the group's name, Maelstrom, but their only lead is mysteriously killed. Iris has been putting off writing Barry's obit, but realizes it's her responsibility, and deep beneath the city, Nash Wells exposes the monitor's hiding place. And in showtime, uh, all of this is happening within two days of the upcoming crisis, just if you are keeping score. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 6, Episode 7. The episode was viewed by 1.2 million total viewers and has 0.4 in the demo, both tie the show's previous series lows. What was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? Millie, let's start with you. I really actually enjoyed this episode. I think that um, when you first like hear about it, you know, Arrowverse loves to do the whole make the hero look through their mind and hallucinations. So it's kind of a very used trope, but I love how they did it and how they used blood work to be like kind of the one that guides Barry through the whole thought process. I think it just helps solidify uh, Ramsey as a villain, and I love him as that. I think it really elevates him um, on that front. I think the whole decision um, – it's really something that makes sense because Barry's kind of been putting this off. He seems so nonchalant about it. So I'm glad we're finally getting him to like come to phase with that and come to terms with everything that's supposed to be happening in, you know, 48 hours. Uh, there was something we didn't like about it, but um, in particular, like, the whole B storyline in the journalism arc and a little bit confused about uh, Caitlin and Frost storyline. But otherwise, I think the emotional parts really um, is what did it for me. And I also love seeing the transformation that Grant went from like 
feigned absolutely like madness by the end of the episode. Uh, and Jeff, what is your opinion on the episode? I loved the episode. I thought it was an incredibly strong episode. I thought the acting in particular, Grant Gustin, was just off the charts. I will say, even though I loved the episode, I hated Barry's decision at the end of the episode so much that it makes my own blood boil. Uh, and, and I guess we'll get into it uh, if, if you want me to sort of expound on that later on, uh, Professor. But, oh my gosh, I just... It, it, you know, on the night of the CW, when we see one character sort of accept their fate and the other one not, it just it pissed me off so much. But it was still a really good episode. Like, it just really, really was. Um, like, if Crisis was not, like, looming, you know, with, like, the 48 hours of it all and that kind of thing, I, I, I don't think I maybe would have been as pissed with Barry's uh, uh, decision. But because Crisis is apparently apparently on the show, it's, what, December 8th or something? So we're in the future, y'all. Uh yeah, and but yeah, so I, yeah, I'll just say that it was a very good episode. I was hella annoyed with Barry. I was a little confused with the Killer Frost thing as well, but I did like the journalism stuff. Uh, I don't know if the professor did as well, because since he is Mister Journalism, but uh, yeah, I guess I'll leave it. Professor to Journalism to you. Yes. Um. No, I'm I'm much more on Jeff's side. I, I really like the episode. I found it actually, you know, uh, very engaging. Uh, you know, uh, almost riveting. Uh, I think I disagree with you on the the Barry choice. I think they did a good idea, a good job of setting that up, uh, and uh, and we'll talk more about that. Um, and as for the journalism stuff, it was it was there. It was you know, it, it gave the other characters something to do. But this was really, you know, um, uh, you know, a, a three character. Uh, episode between uh, Nora as the Speed Force, uh, Bloodwork, and uh, and Barry. You know they carried uh, most of the episode uh, on their own, um, and I thought uh, their stuff was was very strong. Uh, but before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of The Flash, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement.
PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. We opened the episode immediately after last episode's surprise ending with Bloodwork attacking Ralph, and then we get to see their fight. Uh, we've gotten some glimpses of Bloodwork as he's developed, but this is kind of what I would call his coming out party as a big bad. So, uh, Millie, what did you think about the fight and seeing Bloodwork in action? I love the fight. It was it was so cool to see kind of who could be like who could match Elongated Man, and so to see that whole the way they did, I was just very CGI heavy. Um, but I think it really showed kind of he's more than just being able to manipulate like blood and just look really creepy. Like he can actually like, kind of hold his own against um, Meta. So I think that that was fun. I really enjoyed uh, watching that kind of play out, especially as like the opening scene. Uh, Bloodwork is able to override Ralph's healing ability, leading to an emergency transfusion from Barry to save his life. Uh, Jeff, given that we've never had Barry do something like this before, despite the fact that they've dealt with many people who've been injured and been dealing with things, were you a little surprised by that turn? Yes, I feel like that was a plot convenience type of situation, where they had to do it because they needed to get uh, Ramsey's uh, blood work into him. So it did make me, I was like, the science of it all, I was like, um, I, okay, I guess that's how the speed force works for this episode. But it was a moment that, like, took me out of the episode because I started to think, like, why has this never been done before? You know, we are many seasons into The Flash and they're just now doing this. And uh, clearly I do not want Ralph to die. But it just seemed like an incredibly convenient type of um, idea that popped into everyone's head at that moment to make sure that A, Ralph can live, and B, that Barry gets infected. Yeah, I think it was even it was you know even less uh, saving Ralph because I'm sure they could have found some other way to save him. It was you know it was done for plot purposes. They had to find a way to get uh, Bloodworks blood into Barry, and this was you know just one way to do it. Um, uh, but it looks like uh, the procedure was successful, and Ralph will make a recovery. So Barry goes home, only to find Ramsey waiting for him. Uh, Ramsey is clearly in his head. Uh, you know, and not just in the literal sense we'll talk about in a moment, because he figures out Barry's identity. Uh, he talks about the coming crisis. He seems to know all of Barry's secrets. We later find this is apparently just a dream. Uh, now, usually, you know, when we deal with these scenes, you know, you get what seems like a big reveal, and then the character wakes up and, oh, it's just a dream. Uh, and that's usually a bit of a compo. But, Millie, how'd you like how that opening scene played out between Barry and Ramsey? And how'd you feel when you found out it was apparently just Barry dreaming? Yeah, it took me for a ride. I was like, what? How, does, how did Ramsey find out? I was like, really? And that's what they were trying to figure out oh, how he got up. And then when they said it was a dream, I was like, okay, that makes sense. But the fact that, like, it, I thought the whole thing was great. I was like, you never really knew. I, like, is it a dream? Does Ramsey really know? Um, until, like, the complete end, like, oh, he, he had, like, got into Barry's mind and how he did that. But I do love the, the way they kind of do play you on that because um, it really made me question, like, what was going on. And it really, like, pulled my attention and, like, caught me for the whole episode. The funny thing is that 
for me, like, I was immediately suspicious of it. Like, I didn't believe it was a dream from, like, the beginning. Because it just seemed a little too convenient that it would be a dream. And uh, I kept on looking at Grant Gustin and how he was acting uh, throughout it all. And he would always, like, be, um, you know, sort of, like, mopping up sweats. You know, he'd be wiping the sweat from his forehead and that kind of stuff whenever it would happen. And I'm like... Barry can't get sick, can he? So I was immediately, uh, I immediately knew that there was something more going on. I, like, I didn't necessarily know how he got infected, uh, but I had a feeling that something with the, with the transfusion was going to infect him because he was already sort of subtly showing, showing the signs of an infection. And um, I, I immediately noticed it. Uh, Barry gets checked out by Frost and goes back home where he has another vision. This time it's his mother, Nora, embodying the Speed Force. Uh, Nora, as the Speed Force, is pretty omniscient, and she's able to tell Barry that he's been infected and has to fight off Bloodworks attempt to uh, control his mind. Uh, Jeff, it's been a while since we saw the Speed Force made manifest. What did you think about the decision to bring it back in the form of Nora now? It worked for me. I like Nora, so whenever she is back, uh, it, it's great to see her. She has a presence to her. And uh, when she plays the Speed Force, like there's a completely different sort of, uh, you know, just feel to Nora that we get that uh, I really like and enjoy. Uh, I thought uh, the way that they used her in like her first scene was really well done because you can you can sort of see that the Speed Force is trying to point Barry in the right direction and trying to sort of explain as much as the Speed Force can so that Barry can um, can um, be on the right path. So uh, I thought she was utilized in a really good way, and uh, it was a pleasant surprise. Like, I had seen stills of the episode, and for some reason I didn't think that it was Nora Speed Force Nora. Like, I thought it was going to be, um, he's not, yeah, Jay Garrick's. Nora from Earth 3. Yes, Jay Garrick's wife. Um, I don't think her name is Nora, right? But yeah, no, it's something else. Yeah, but I thought it was going to be her, like coming in and and giving her scientific advice or so, or that sort of thing. So the fact that it was Speed Force Nora was a pleasant surprise. Uh, Barry promises he will uh, fight Bloodworks' influence, but Ramsey attacks him. What I think was a very clever way because he's inside Barry's mind. He knows, uh, you know, Barry's uh, weaknesses and fears. He knows Barry's conflicted about the crisis, and he plays on those fears. Uh, He accuses Barry of wanting to die and leave Iris a widow. Uh, And then he points out to him all the good that he could do as a Flash if he just worked with blood work. If, you know, rather than opposing him, here's all the things that you could accomplish. Not only could he save lives, he could survive the crisis and even have a life with Iris and baby Nora. Um, uh, Millie, what did you think about that attack and the subsequent reveal from Nora that blood work is actually telling the truth? It was a great way to really see what Barry's been struggling with this whole time, right? Like, what, since the beginning, even though he's going to die, and Barry's like, okay, okay, I'm going to die. But it really shows you that uh, he doesn't want and he he's hinted at it. So, um, and, and there's some things <laughs> that he said that kind of grates me. But overall, it makes sense. Like, everyone, you know, no one really wants to die. And I think that it's great uh, that Bloodwork shows him that because we've talked about how Bloodwork is, like, the perfect character, like villain, to be working across Barry because it's how are they coping with death? And so this is like the what this has been building up to is basically um, them coming together and figuring out their views on death. So I think it was a very really clever way of doing that. You know what I? 
the thing that I didn't like about the sequence, although it was really interesting to watch, was uh, when uh, when uh, Ramsey ends up showing Barry like how he can like heal people, like the, the woman that was in the crash and looked like she was dead and that sort of thing. I'm like, so you're going to be infecting these people and you're fine with that? Like, that's something that bugged me from, like, that point in the episode. So, I mean, clearly the decision later on is something that I have a major issue with. But uh, but that, initially, I was like, don't you find that a little suspicious, Barry? And, and I get the whole idea, like, Fantasy Island, you know. Uh, you can have this, you can have that. It's almost like, um, you know, the the trope that you see when, um, in like a horror movie, when someone's going to sell their soul to the devil. Like, you know, they're they're given all of these, like, you know, whatever you want, whatever your heart desires. But, you know, as we learned over on Once Upon a Time, as we learned over on Once Upon a Time, magic comes with a price. And I'm like, Barry, do you really think it's going to be this easy? Um, one thing that I think, you know, kind of takes a little bit of the sting off Barry in that is, you know, they did sort of establish the idea that, you know, uh, Barry is sick, you know, it's taking a lot of his energy, uh, you know, to, uh, to fight off the infection. So you could argue that because he's weakened, he might be a little more vulnerable, uh, to, uh, to a mental attack or, or persuasion like that. Um, but yeah, I agree that, you know, just because the bad guy shows you doing something nice in a dream doesn't mean you're going to be able to do that. That's why I thought it was so powerful having Nora as the opposition force saying, well, actually, he's telling you the truth. And it's like, wait, what? Um, you know, or at least a version of the truth. So I thought that was a, that was an interesting ploy because it, it means that, you know, uh, blood work while being an, a manipulator isn't necessarily, you know, a, an overt liar as we might expect him to be. That is true. Um, uh, so let's talk a little bit about Ramsey Rosso. He's been a bit underutilized as a big bad so far this season. Uh, so this episode was really his moment to shine. Uh, Millie, what did you think about uh, his portrayal uh, and the way he attacked Barry? I think it's like I just love Ramsey as a villain. So I can't like stop raving about how great it is, and just really, um, it was really smart. Like you didn't think I guess I didn't realize that you could tap into someone's subconscious the way that Ramsey did just by that like very small drop of his blood into into Barry's. Uh, bloodstreams i think that was really clever in that sense and also very dangerous of course now he has control of the flash in in that sense so i think that um i love that we can see the whole width of the breadth of his like powers um and it really makes him kind of a a scary villain i think and one that we we haven't had in a while not only in the sense of like controlling barry but also just um in the mind sense like it was really big mind game well, I think that's uh, a good point to bring out. You mentioned the idea that he is a, a scary villain. You know, he, he's, you know, he, he's, he's been, you know, we've known he was going to be the big bad for some time, and we've seen some him doing some vaguely gross stuff. But I think part of what made him so scary uh, in this episode was the nature of his attack, because having most of the episode take place inside Barry's mind allowed for a very creative visual style. It was, you know, a sort of a nod to uh, horror and possession movies, at least as much as you'll get on the CW at eight o'clock on a Tuesday night. Uh, Jeff, what did you think about the overall visual style? Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. It was incredibly creepy. Um, yeah, yeah, they, uh, they certainly worked the creep factor in, in a very good kind of way. Uh, I loved the, uh, the usage of familiar sets and, and using as, as we've been discussing, like the memories that Barry has and familiar locations and, um, you know, familiar images from the past, like to show 
bury, um, you know, whether, you know, sort sort of like to to influence him, and, and uh, both Ramsey and uh, the Speed Force were doing that. Uh, Barry sort of took it as uh, at a certain point as manipulation, um, but uh, I, I think uh, both sides were using Barry's memories to their advantage in, in making you know the point that they were trying to make. Ramsey clearly is like you know accept me, I I can help you out and that sort of thing, and Nora's basically like you can't trust that man. Like you need to be the honorable Flash that we all know and love. And you need to make the right decision. You need to, um, you know, uh, you, you need to uh, not accept Bloodworks' um, offer in that sort of thing. To sort of continue on with the love of Bloodwork, I he's been fantastic. Like, yes, you could say that he has been a bit underutilized as the big bad for the season uh, so far, or at least for the big bad of this half of the season so far, and that's probably, or remove the probably, that's because of crisis, because we have been preparing for crisis and that sort of thing. But if this is a tease, a taste of what's to come in future seasons, if they are going to continue to do something like this, and uh, I, I don't know if the showrunner, the current showrunner, has said that, but he has been calling this first half of the season Graphic Novel 1, and the second half of the season is going to be called uh, Graphic Novel 2. So there is the idea of a villain in the fall and a villain in the spring. If they continue to do that, I feel like they you know, have sort of figured out a compelling way to create a pretty strong villain in just nine ten-ish episodes. And I'm really open to that. Uh, I, I, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right, but Sindale uh, Ramamurthy has been stellar as Ramsey. Like, so if they can get someone as good as him for the next half of the season, I'm here for it. And if they continue this, you know, there will be a villain in the fall up to the mid-season finale, and then there's a brand new villain in the spring up to the season finale. I could get on board with that, and I've been sort of saying that and preaching that for a couple of seasons now. So if they continue to do this, I think uh, it will, um, you know, freshen up the show a bit, and it allows for, you know, small character episodes, and, and then, you know, bigger storylines that uh, encompass the big bad, which is kind of like what we've been seeing so far, as they've also been trying to juggle the crisis that is looming. Uh, Millie, I asked you earlier what you thought about the uh, the fight between Bloodwork and Ralph. That was a physical fight. Get a sense of uh, of Bloodwork as as a physical foe, sort of the the meta of the weak role. Uh, what do you think about uh, the the mental fight? Uh, the way they saw um, you know Bloodwork at work in Barry's mind. Uh, the visual presentation of it. I love how like not only is he like we said the vis- physical, but you know Ramsey's also a doctor, so he's super intelligent, and a lot of what he's been preaching has been all of ideas and and so to see that played out on the screen i think was brilliant and just like the way that they kind of play on as as jeffrey said uh the familiarity of of barry's memory i think is really what helps hits home with the emotions um and how ramsey is able to kind of interject his own thoughts and kind of ideals into that to help further manipulate barry was great um it, it gave a whole i think just elevated the episode in general yeah, I for one may never eat lasagna again after this episode. Um, oh God. Um, so anyway, uh, as I was mentioning, uh, after Nora confirms that uh, Ramsey is telling at least a version of the 
truth. Uh, Barry gets locked in a battle between the Speed Force and Bloodwork uh, as both sides are fighting essentially for his soul. Uh, uh, Nora, representing the Speed Force, has argued that Barry has to accept his fate to die in crisis because, you know, that's who he is. He's a hero. Uh, and, you know, he has to die to save others. Bloodwork is arguing that, you know, you don't have to accept that. You can choose life. Uh, I think he actually said choose life and, uh, you know, and live through the crisis and, you know, use these new powers to save countless other people. Um, so uh, I think we already know what Jeff thinks. So let's start with you, Millie. What did you think about... Oh, and then, and then of course, you know, uh, showing uh, Barry's continuing, uh, you know, uh, twisting over to... Uh, uh, to Ramsey's uh, side of things, Barry starts blaming the Speed Force for choosing him and putting him in that situation and blames the Speed Force for all the pain he's gone through. Amelia, really, what did you think about Barry's argument before we get to the uh, the ultimate conflict between uh, uh, Speed Force and blood work? I'm kind of conflicted on the argument a little bit. I get where Barry's coming from because, and then the way he presents, you know, you chose me, the, the lightning came on me, I didn't want that. But I think at the same point, he someone has fully embraced that in the past like five seasons and so so i felt like that was a little interesting to see him kind of like turn on on the speed force and that because i feel like at some point especially when we first saw him he was all about you know i'm the flash i have this power i have you know all of this ability to change time and do all of these things so to see that side was i think interesting because i felt like it wasn't really sprinkled out up until now but conversely to kind of on the other side, you do see it because, again, at the same time, Barry was super happy when the show started out. And now he's just like, I feel like in season three, we always joked it was really dark and sadness, Barry, and he doesn't really laugh anymore. And I think that also kind of comes out in this as well as um, as we see in the like graveyard and, and Star Labs, all the people that have, have died because of him. So I think it was kind of conflicting in that sense because he has benefited from the Speed Force, but I can also see how he hasn't benefited from it. Um, but I think overall, I think he's better off being the Flash, and I think he agrees with that in the long term, maybe not at this moment. Thank you. Yeah, I think we have to no, remember he is, you know, partially under Bloodwork's influence. He's trying to fight it off. And also, I think one thing that, you know, Bloodwork brought out is that, you know, Barry is not resigned, you know, to his fate. And that's, you know, his vulnerability for Bloodwork. So, you know, Barry is still, you know, uh, you know, even though he says, you know, to Iris and, and the rest of the team that, no, I'm, I've accepted my fate and this was going to happen. It's obvious that he still resents that. Uh, and that gives uh, Bloodwork the opening. Uh, Jeff, what were you going to say? No, I was just saying thank you, Millie Wood, because that was something that bugged me about uh, that part of uh, the episode. Like, I hated that Barry was basically like, F you, Speed Force. Like, why did you do this to me? What happened? Like, why did you? And all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, like, sure, you got hit by lightning. So was that the Speed Force that chose you? I don't know if you've ever gotten that answer, but he did get struck by lightning, and that happened uh, when the particle accelerator exploded and all that kind of stuff. But he embraced being the Flash. Like, he was the one that was like, I can be a hero. Like, I need to be a hero. And he's the one that really was gung-ho about it all. So the fact that he was uh, blaming the Speed Force on it, sure, you could say that maybe a little bit of that was uh, Bloodwork's influence, but uh, I do feel like that was Barry still being Barry at the time, and that was something that bugged me about it. Uh, clearly, uh, other stuff bugged me that we will be discussing in a moment, but that was something that really bothered me because um, I don't necessarily feel like the Speed Force was... Uh, to blame at that point. 
Yeah, I wonder whether they're setting up, you know, what I've mentioned in the past, one of my favorite uh, Flash stories is actually tied to Crisis, in which, uh, you know, the death of Barry Allen. He has to outrace a tachyon, which means he has to run faster than he's ever run before, which is, you know, half of all the Flash episodes. But um, he basically, you know, uh, runs beyond the speed of light, becomes pure energy, and becomes the lightning bolt that gave him the powers in the first place. And his last conscious thought is the realization that, well, you can't create or destroy energy. You can only create a circuit. Uh, and, you know, I, I wonder whether that would be a payoff, a possible payoff. It seems a little too, you know, high concept for uh, the TV show. But the idea that, you know, Barry, you know, might end up creating himself and making the decision to become the Flash. Um, but I think that I, I don't think you could do that in, in a crisis context. Uh, I think they've just got too much on their plate to get away with something like that. Um, so before we get to uh, the resolution of the, uh, the the battle between uh, Speed Force and Bloodwork, uh, Jeff, I'm just going to open the floor to you to uh, crap all over it. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Uh, and thank you, I appreciate it. Okay, so I guess I'm going to spatchcock this storyline. <laughs> Uh, a funny joke for something that we were discussing before the podcast started. Okay, so here's my problem with it. And I'm saying this this is my problem with it, even though I loved the episode. Like, it was a really great episode. Like, Grant Gustin knocked it out the MF and Park. He was fantastic. My problem with the decision is because it falls into something that I've always kind of shrugged off as, you know, just sort of like fan grumbling and that kind of thing. And it, this was really the first time that sort of like the fan grumbling that I read online like became a reality and like in my mind I've always tried to sort of be like nah that isn't really how it is and that sort of thing Barry Allen is a selfish character and uh, I found the the act of accepting blood work incredibly selfish and on a night as I hinted at before where Oliver Queen like accepts his fate over on Arrow and he's like you know what Sorry, Millie, if you haven't seen the episode and anyone else that hasn't watched it. But Oliver, you know, accepts that he's going to die in crisis, basically. And then on this episode, on the same night, like night and day, you have Barry being so terrified of uh, what's going to happen in crisis that he does not act like a hero and accepts the aid of the villain just so that he can live and uh, he, he does not accept his fate. I thought that to be incredibly selfish. A lot of people that watch the Arrowverse shows online, and I'll even say she's not here to, to co-sign this, but Brittany has brought this up a lot to me. Like, she feels that all, that Oliver, good grief, not Oliver, because she is such a big Oliver stan, she feels that Barry is an incredibly selfish character. Uh, when she returns, you can ask her, and you can even tell her that I said it, Professor. I don't feel like this is outing her uh but uh, but yeah so she's always confided in me that she feels that barry is incredibly selfish and i kind of am like i don't know i don't know if he necessarily is selfish and that sort of thing and i know that she's an oliver queen stan so i feel like uh her love of oliver queen's kind of tints uh her view of barry which i feel like the fandom is that way period 
for some reason, and it's because they're all a part of the same universe, people love to pit Oliver Queen against Barry Allen. Like, well, Oliver would never do this. Well, Barry would never do this. Well, that's why Oliver did that. Well, that's why Barry did that. And I've never really fallen into that argument. But with this episode, I was just incredibly disappointed by Barry's decision. And I know that... uh, probably this story is going to head into like Barry finally accepting his fate, but I kind of hate the journey that we're going on, even though it is a really interesting and compelling, compelling journey that we're seeing. And the acting is really good. I just hate the choice. Like it, it just really disappointed me so much in Barry Allen. Like Barry Allen is supposed to be that hero. And uh, a lot of the times the fandom kind of, um, cringes because Barry is supposed to be that idyllic hero and so maybe him not being that idyllic hero is what disappointed me in him and and that's why I'm really annoyed by his decision and so uh, even though it was really good TV I just hate that they uh, that they um, wrote Barry to do what he did Uh, And once again, if Crisis were not coming, it's crazy how this is happening two days before Crisis and like like the world, it's like the apocalypse now, at least via the preview. And like all this is going on with Crisis coming up. And um, the Monitor has chosen Barry, but like, do you choose him now after what he did with like accepting blood work? Like, I I have those questions in my mind. Well, the Monitor didn't choose Barry. Oh, the monitor oh, that showed up and said, Mon- you're yes. destined to die. Yeah, yeah. The, the monitor chose Oliver. That is true. Yeah. I, I will uh, scratch that. Uh, Millie, what is your response to uh, the uh, the vituperation and, and hatred? And, and, you know, Brittany's never going to listen to this, so feel free to, to say, speak your truth. I know, right? <laughs> um, I co-sign everything that Jeffrey's saying. Um, I try to take time... A- also a big Oliver Queen stand, but I try to take off those goggles when looking at the flash to be objective. Um, but it, this was so hard to, to see that because it's like, and Barry literally admits he knows he's being selfish. He goes, I don't want to leave my family. I don't want to leave my friends. I don't want to die. I know that's selfish, but I'm going to do this is essentially what he's saying. And to that tune, then we go to the next hour and see Oliver, who has left his family, who is now saying that he's going to die. It it made me very, it made my blood boil in that sense because it's we do want both our main you know superheroes to be heroes. So to see Barry do that and take the easy way out, uh, going with blood work and his plan to basically have his whole cake and eat it too which you know is never going to end up well as usual is is very selfish of him and i think that it highlights the the selfishness of barry i've been able to kind of put it in the background for most of the time but uh it's been building up i feel like this whole first half of the season and this really kind of like tips it over um especially with what we kind of mentioned before is the, the idea that Ramsey is showing him he has the power to help heal people. Again, it's just he wants this more power and, and wanting to do whatever to help himself. So uh, I was also not a fan of the decision as well. So hopefully there's a turnaround in part two. Uh, you guys have a, an interesting take on this, which um, is completely wrong. Um, okay, and I love probably it. shared by, you know, Oliver Queen fans on the Internet. But let me explain something to you. There's nothing heroic about lying down and accepting death. What we expect from our heroes is for them to get up and fight. Even when it seems hopeless, you don't give up. Once you give up, you're no longer a hero. 
you know, and again, if we're going to compare this to the Oliver Queen thing, you know, I, I, I think, you know, one mistake they made in the Oliver Queen episode is, and one thing they did do well with Oliver was that he kept fighting and he kept trying. Uh, you know, he eventually had to come to, to realize that he couldn't accept his fate or couldn't uh, escape his fate. Uh, but if you look at, you know, uh, Barry, you know, one of the complaints that, you know, I know Jeff had about uh, when they were dealing with, you know, the inevitable uh, death of Iris in the future was that, you know, whenever it seemed that people were simply accepting their fate or didn't, uh, you know, understand the future could be rewritten and changed. The whole point of The Flash has been you can rewrite the future. You can change the future. You can alter things. You don't simply have to accept a fate. Yes, sometimes it's hard. Yes, sometimes you have to fight harder. But I don't think there's anything particularly heroic in lying down and dying just because some alien space god says you have to do it. I say fight back. I say, you know, screw you, space god. I'm going to find a way out of this. I'm In that case, I'm you know much more uh, Oliver Queen. Um, so I don't consider it, you know, uh, you know, uh, cowardice or selfishness. Uh, and I don't think it's selfishness to, uh, to want to hold on to life. Um, uh, I think if, if you're expecting, you know, our heroes to simply throw themselves in front of the, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the pincers of the, uh, the oncoming army, uh, to accomplish nothing, um, you know, remember that, you know, Barry's, you know, conception of, of the future is entirely based on what he saw from the monitor. And unlike Oliver, he hasn't had the experience that would make him instinctively, you know, trust the monitor. So I think it is a justifiable, um, uh, decision on Barry's part. And I think, as I said, you know, the fact that they did show that, you know, he's clearly, uh, you know, uh, being influenced by, uh, uh, by blood work and also the fact that blood work hit him in his weak spot, you know, uh, Iris, Nora. Uh, you know, his fear for what will happen to the city when he's no longer there to protect it. Those are Barry's weak spots. They're his compassion for other people. So I don't consider it selfish, and I don't consider it, uh, you know, a cowardly act, uh, you know, to uh, to uh, to choose life rather than choosing death. Aw. The professor, A, listens to what I say, and B, actually remembers what I said. And C, he used my words against me. Ha ha ha. Um, so again, uh, you know, it, it's not just for saying no to heroin, kids. Choose life. There's a 1984 reference for you guys. Um, so anyway, during the battle between the Speed Force and Bloodwork, both sides are fighting for his soul. Outside in the real world, Cisco jabs him with Velocity 10, causing Barry to wake up and tell the team he beat Ramsey. It was a tough fight, but he made it through. Full disclosure, was anyone fooled at all open to the floor? No. Even a tiny bit? No. Yeah, no. Uh, but I do think that they played it well, you know, and, yes. and I think the way that it worked was that, you know, you have such an expectation that the hero is always going to triumph in that situation. And uh, I, I think Grant Gustin played it quite well off the beginning that you could accept that. Uh, but then, of course, uh, Iris uh, immediately realizes something's wrong with Barry. She tips off Cisco and Frost. Uh, Barry makes short work of them. He goes full blood work, races off to be reunited, or not reunited, but to be united with Ramsey. Um, he apparently even had time to add some black accents to his costume, which I thought was a nice touch. Uh, and that's where the episode ends. Ramsey welcomes Barry as a blood brother. Little joke there. Uh, he promises salvation to the world. Uh, and he even refers to himself kind of in the third person by his own bad guy name, which is kind of classless. I mean, Captain Cold never refers to himself as Captain Cold in the third person. Uh, so what do you guys think about the cliffhanger, particularly given the fact that we're constantly being told crisis is only a day and a half away? Does it seem like not enough time to resolve things satisfactorily? Yes. So that's the only thing that I'm worried about. But uh, yeah, because I feel like this storyline could work any season, to be quite honest. Uh, so uh, the the fact that Crisis is coming uh, makes me a little 
worried about it. I, I do feel like everything will get wrapped up in a nice little bow in the next episode. But it's like, man, it's like, this is the day now before Crisis, and they have to deal with this. I'm like, man, can't they all catch a break or something? Um, so that was something that sort of bugged me just a, a tiny bit. Uh, I did like what they did uh, in the amount of time that they did it. I feel like if they had a little bit more time, they um, something that, that just... It was... The way that it was written... Like, Barry was being way too cold to Iris. And if they had just a little bit more time, maybe an additional scene, they could have done it, like, a little bit more subtle so that uh, it would have been, like, much more like, you know, woman's intuition, a wife's intuition, like, that's not my husband. But because it was, like, way too obvious, like it was almost like hitting poor Iris over the head with like you know a, a turkey leg um, since it's Thanksgiving week. Uh, so that was something that I was like, okay, well that was a, a bit uh, heavy-handed, but it was good that it was Iris that realized who it was. Uh, they gave her a little moment because she is his wife, and um, if anyone would have noticed, it would have been her. I also did like how Grant played it once again. They're giving him the chance to play the villain. Uh, the, I don't know what you would call that, makeup, um, teeth, uh, and all that kind of stuff was really good. And the VFX of, uh, it no longer is it, you know, the electrical color that we've grown to love. Yes, it, I noticed that too. Yeah, it's like that dark whoosh. I was like, all right, bring it in. Uh, I'm here for it. Uh, Millie, what did you think about the cliffhanger? And we should maybe we shouldn't call it a cliffhanger. It's a two-part episode, so you know if we were to think about both parts as a single unified whole, we're kind of you know judging it as an incomplete. But uh, how do you feel about how the episode ended? I like that Iris is the one that that noticed it was Barry that was different, but it was super obvious. He, he almost looked like a child that was busy playing a video game and didn't want to like pay attention to his parents. And to that extent, you're like, you think Cisco and Caitlin would notice because he was very, very out of character. So they did just add a bit of subtlety that Jeffrey was mentioning. I think it would have played out uh, a little nicer, but I still enjoyed that. It was a nice moment. Um, also because we are 36 hours away from crisis and we still haven't gotten that like big blowout between Iris and Barry. So I really hope that this is like the beginning of it. Um, because time is ticking now on Obviously that, but enough, I really enjoyed that I ending. Like so I, and I like how Barry was the one that bowed down to blood work at the end. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and so it'll be fun to kind of see how that plays out next episode. Millie, I feel like yeah, you're I saving did, that for I crisis. I did think the line, kneel before blood work, was a bit much. That's a Superman the movie reference, or Superman 2, I should say. Oh, okay, there we go. But Jeff, you were saying... No, it was just, I was saying to Millie, I, I feel like we're expecting that. Like, we want that scene to happen. We've been talking about it for weeks. I feel like they're going to save that for Crisis. I mean, the fact that they don't even know that Earth 2 has vanished from, you know, the the, the multiverse. Uh, they're saving, I think, all of the big moments for Crisis, which um, I will say makes the series suffer a bit. But um, it will make, I, I hope at least, Crisis a really compelling five-hour blockbuster. 
Yeah, I think I'm more with Millie. I think the uh, the Iris confrontation, and, and I think uh, that's obviously the way it has to go. I think, I think Iris is the only one who can reach him in this situation, uh, and it's going to have to be uh, you know an emotional thing, uh, whether maybe Iris working with the Speed Force or something like that uh, to reach him. Uh, but I, I suspect it's going to happen uh, in the second half of the episode next week before Crisis proper begins, just because, as we've said, there's so much that they have to deal with in Crisis, just in terms of, you know, plot mechanics and, and balancing all the characters and stuff like that. I feel like this is much more of just an, an individual Flash moment that really matters to, you know, uh, the Flash watchers, but probably wouldn't as much to uh, uh, to watchers of the other shows. So my guess is that, you know, uh, Iris will bring him around in the next episode and leave him, you know, the way you guys like your heroes, suicidal and willing to die. There you go. Monsters. Hopefully. Uh, there was a little B story focusing mainly on Iris and Allegra. Uh, after she found out Barry's secret identity last episode, Allegra seems pissed to have been left out of the loop. Uh, and she discovers the coming crisis thanks to Iris apparently relying on Star Labs for her laptop security. I mean, good God. Um, where are these people? Do they not know passwords? Uh, Millie, you mentioned uh, you weren't a fan of this. Uh, what did you think about the Allegra and Iris storyline in the episode? I've enjoyed Allegra. I know there's some like internet rumblings that aren't a fan of her, but this was the first episode I really wasn't too much of a fan. More in the sense of she felt, I guess for me, her feelings of feeling hurt that she wasn't told that Barry was the Flash because like it's her boss's husband. I felt like that just didn't really come from a place that made sense. Because um, it's like, well, you don't really know Iris that well. It's also her husband, so it's his secret. Uh, I felt like that whole kind of driving factor w- was a little disingenuine, but I do enjoy how someone is there to push Iris to be confronting that. Um, I do think it's interesting that she's writing the article before an event happens. I don't know. That is also your house, Professor X. I'll let you, t- let you handle that. Well, to but- be fair, most media organizations do pre-write obits for famous people so that when they die, we can simply run the obits. All right, I guess that's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the biggest thing. Is just I, I Maybe that whole push would have been more sincere if it came from like Caitlin or Cisco or even Camilla because they've had more time with Iris kind of this person coming in like hey you need to confront this I thought was just a little weird yeah it it felt a little uh, hollow coming from Allegra and and I get that they they wanted to you know have someone you know refresh you know Iris's uh, you know uh, you know need to be a journalist and all of that but you know to have the intern paid or unpaid I don't know who's only been around for a couple of weeks uh, you know sort of challenging her boss on this you know and, and as you say, you know, like sort of, you know, getting attitude that, oh, why didn't my boss tell me that her husband is, you know, a superhero? Because you don't tell interns that sort of thing. Um, and, and frankly, Nash Wells shouldn't have told you either. Uh, it did. And I wonder, honestly, whether they just did that to set up the joke later on uh, when she finds out Camilla uh, has known for months. I, I, and that was, you know, uh, one of the few uh, humorous moments in the episode, uh, which was kind of nice. Um, so before we move on to the MVP, was there anything else in the episode anyone wanted to highlight? Well, can I just say, I'm interested in the conspiracy that Iris is unlocking. Uh, I think, uh, clearly this is sort of like the setup for what's to come in the next half of the season, but, uh, the little drips and drabs that we've been getting is, uh, intriguing because, uh, you know, we got some more information from the, um... The, the, the Ralph storyline that initially I would have never thought would have like been um, like th- that they would have crossed paths with uh, what Iris was doing. But I, I do like that. Uh, and uh, 
I agree with all the Allegra stuff. Uh, the fact that she felt entitled to know that Barry was the Flash. I, I was like, all right. And the little line that it was just like, oh, well, you can't tell anybody and that kind of stuff. I'm like, is that really all you're going to give her? Like, can you, like, make a better pitch as to why she shouldn't tell Central City that she that she knows who the Flash is? Um, and also something that I thought was kind of funny was, uh, I mean, if she just went to uh, that secret room, she could just pull up the article and, and she could just copy and paste what was already written, <laughs> at least. You uh, know. But didn't they destroy it? Wasn't that destroyed in the... Uh... Because she was probably planning on doing that in a couple of years when it came up. But uh, didn't uh, that get destroyed when uh, the monitor uh, appeared in the season opener? Wasn't it just Nora's message? Oh, I thought it, it, I thought it destroyed the whole unit. I thought they saw the, uh, the date uh, clock down. Uh, but then I th- was pretty sure it was destroyed. I could be wrong about that, though. No, because remember, they, had, they went and checked and they saw the new date. Uh, and honestly, she could should have just pulled out her phone, taken a good quality picture of it. She could have copied and pasted that. No problem. Exactly. She already wrote it. Uh, what did you think of the internet? Scene <laughs> Although that... I would point out, journalistically mm-hmm. speaking, self plagiarism is still plagiarism. So. Oh gosh, the internet ha- seemed to have a problem with like the punctuation that she was using and all that kind of stuff. Did as a journalist, professor, did you have a problem with what Iris was typing? Well, what she was typing, uh, she wasn't writing uh, in proper sentences. Uh, she was okay. writing in a style that, you know, is almost designed more to be read out loud. Uh, so while it wasn't grammatically correct, uh, it, w- it was being written to, to uh, achieve an emotional effect. Okay. Uh, it would work better being read out loud than, as, than as, as properly written grammar. But I've seen people write like this uh, quite a bit. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And, and also her husband's about to die. Well, so, yeah. you know, cut her some slack, you grammar fiends. I know, right? And the Nash stuff, although it was a tiny little scene, and so I feel, I feel like I should mention it now before we head into MVP, I thought it was a really good one. I mean, he figured out a way to, I guess, almost kind of, sort of, but not really, but I guess he's going to do it in the next episode, open up where the monitor has been hiding. And uh, for little Easter egg people, there were little symbols uh, written on that door, and a lot of those symbols correlate with some people that we know. Did no one else notice that? Yeah, and the internet's having a field day with figuring out all, because all seven, right? And so there's a lot of thoughts of the seven paragons that has been teased for Crisis and oh, the symbols. That's interesting, because one was clearly an arrow. One looked like... Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Canaries, not Black Canary. Well, she wouldn't be Black. Uh, black Sirens Mask. Um, or... It was interesting because there was like people were saying it was like Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Arrow, um, Batman was one of them. They're very well, like very decent across the board. Yeah, could be Batwoman. True. Yeah, one looked like the Atom to me. So people, some people were going for like the big budget people. I was like trying to figure out like as far as the people that we know. You know what I'm saying? Like people are thinking <laughs> Aquaman, like and Wonder Woman. Like she ain't showing up. She's yeah, you know <laughs> the mascara, you know, handling the damn sea monster or something. She's not gonna help in the crisis. <laughs> okay, true. so it. It's time for the MVP. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character's been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So choose wisely. Millie, choose first. I'll have to give my MVP to Speed Force Nora. 
Um, I think that I loved how they used her. Um, anytime they use Nora as the speed force, I think it helps really elicit a whole nother level of emotion from Barry. And the whole scene between her and Bloodworth kind of fighting over Barry, I loved on that. And kind of giving her, giving Barry the, the good side spiel, I love that on that sense. So I'd have to give it to her for sure. You know, I take a certain pride in, you know, my out-of-left-field choices just to shake things up and, and not make the obvious choice. But that one leaves me totally flabbergasted. Um, so that leaves me the uh, the option. Oh, boy, I've got two spectacular options. Um, and uh, I feel like Jeff sometimes feels I don't know which one to choose. So I'm going to let Jeff go first. Jeff, who is your MVP and why? I feel Unless like you're going to pick Nash because you were, did seem to be setting that up with your before we get to the MVP. Let's talk about Nash. <laughs> no, right. It's funny because I feel like I know exactly the two that you're going to choose oh, yeah. from. It has to be these two. Yeah. So I will pick, I will go with the obvious choice. I typically much like the professor like to say, you know, picking the, the titular character uh, is a little cheap because they are the star, but man, Grant Gustin was just spectacular spectacular throughout the entire episode how he was playing you know uh, the 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 small sort of like you know is he coming down with the flu is he feverish and that kind of stuff like those type of symptoms he played that well his interactions with all of the characters were fantastic uh him and and ramsey you know just going back and forth and him sort of uh playing sort of like the role of Eve and um, and Ramsey as the serpent, you know, just trying to convince uh, Barry to, uh, uh, well, it doesn't really bite the apple. Uh, I was trying to, I was going to try to put in a spatchcock joke, but it just wasn't going to fit. Uh, that just sounded weird as well, the, the, the wording. But um, just everything Grant Gustin was spectacular. And his slow, as Millie called it, his descent into madness by the end of the episode, him fully accepting the the big bad and becoming technically, I guess, a minion of the big bad was phenomenal. So kudos, kudos, kudos to Grant Gustin. He typically plays it straight. You know, he's just the hero. And uh, they gave him an inner conflict in this episode that was just beautiful to watch. Uh, and I'm obviously going to pick up the uh, the obvious choice, uh, Cindy Ramon Murthy. Uh, you know, I've, I've liked him all season. I've said that, you know, I think he's, he's really good. Uh, he's got, uh, you know, a sort of uh, David Tennant uh, level of menace to him, uh, which is uh, intended as compliment. Uh, and I thought he he really came into it in this episode. Uh, we didn't just see, you know, the full extent of Bloodworks' powers and why he's dangerous as a big bad. Uh, we got, as Millie said, the fact that, you know, his character is a doctor. He's smart. He knows where to attack Barry, where he's his weakest. Uh, and uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. He was uh, just a very compelling picture of the bad guy. Uh, in this uh, in this episode, and and also if we're looking at you know who was successful in this episode, hey, uh, the bad guy you know at the midpoint of this two-parter, the bad guy has won. So you know, kudos to the big bad for for pulling it off. Uh, and finally, let's rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of one to ten lightning bolts? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a ten, you may archive the episode in the Flash Museum. Jeff, let's start with you. What was your rating for the episode? All right. So as I said in the beginning, I love this episode. I thought it was a very strong episode. The acting was on point. Like everything about the episode was, for the most part, pretty fantastic, even though I don't necessarily approve of Barry Allen's decision 
uh, at the end of the episode. Uh, after the the professor sort of explained it, because he does know uh, the mind of a villain, um, I, I do understand it a little bit more, even though I still don't fully 100% approve of it. And I do kind of, in a teeny tiny way, still feel it's selfish. But... Everything was really good. I didn't mind the journalism stuff. I know that uh, uh, it, it didn't necessarily get a lot of praise uh, via my co-hosts. Uh, the thing that probably bugged me the most, and we didn't really even discuss it, was the Killer Frost thing, because I have no idea where that's going. Uh, I, I didn't really... Because um, it looked like she was disappointed that she was not going to get to play Doctor, that Caitlin was going to get to pop out. Like, I just... I didn't really get it. Uh Outside of that, uh, everything else was really, really good. Uh, because it is the first part of a two-part extravaganza, uh, I do feel like we're not getting the complete story, but uh, for the story that we got, it was fantastic. And I, I would rewatch it, even with uh, conflicting feelings about Barry's decision and all. So I'm going to give it a solid 10. Millie, what is your rating? Um, despite calling very selfish and still thinking that, although I do understand uh, from the professor's point of view where he's coming from, and there's a bit of qualms, as Jeffrey mentioned. I mean, Caitlin's the doctor. She should be the one doing doctor stuff. I was very confused why Frost was there. Um, and a little bit about the whole Reg Allegra thing. Uh, it was a really solid episode. I think that it allowed us to get into Barry's mindset in a way that we haven't been able to see before, despite having other kind of hallucination-like episodes, so I love that. Overall, I'll have to give it a 9.2 lightning bolts for obvious reasons. There's not a perfect 10, but it's there, and I, I also think that it sets up for part two to be phenomenal, so I think it's a really good start of a two-parter. And because, blessed are the peacemakers, I will split the difference and give it a 9.6. It wasn't quite a 10, uh, but I thought it was very good. Uh, I, I thought the, uh, the the creepiness of it was a very unflash uh, feeling, but I thought it worked really well and, and kept me very engaged in the story. But, yeah, some of the things you mentioned, like the stuff with Killer Frost, felt a little forced. Um, the Allegra stuff felt like, you know, I, I didn't think it was all that necessary, and, uh, you know, I, I wasn't crazy about uh the way uh, Allegra interacted with Iris, even though I did like the fact that they did use that subplot to, you know, establish the idea that uh, that Iris is still investigating this, setting up something that I'm sure will pay off in the second half. Uh, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Central City Citizen. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Central City Citizen. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook. Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Central City Citizen and subscribe. Thanks, announcer co-hosts. Please wish the listeners a good night. Millie? Have a good evening, Central City, and if you want to follow along with me on social media, I'm on Twitter as at the Asian Nerd. And Jeff. 
Good night, Central City. Have a happy Thanksgiving. You can follow me all over social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Poppy Chulo Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of The Central City Citizen every Thursday by Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chulo Radio archives. And if you're one of our American listeners, happy Thanksgiving. Good night. Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving.